Let's Talk Teams is brought to you by Uptick. If you've ever felt distant from your team at work or if your one-on-one meetings feel aimless, Uptick can help you get on the same page and will give you a kickstart in forming better relationships with the people on your team. Interested in a free trial? Go to uptickapp.com for more information. In this episode, you'll listen to a conversation we had on our team about how companies can serve their employees by being flexible. Hope you enjoy it. Beautiful. We got it. (laughs) Michael and I were having an interesting conversation last week talking about what are the expectations of people coming into the workforce a few years in, start having families, start having things happen at home. Um, And, you know, traditionally it was husband goes to work, wife stays at home. When everything happens at home, wife stays at home, husband goes to work. That was the way it worked. Well, nobody wants it anymore, right? It's just not a, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. Everybody works. All kinds of stuff is going on. So there needs to be some built-in flexibility. And my question was to Michael, um, what expectations do you have for flexibility at work? And he said, well, let's bring Matt into the equation because Matt's had recent, recent uh, stories. So why don't you tell a little bit about your story, yeah. um, what's happened to you in the last year? Yeah, so in, in the last year, we, uh, we had a... Uh, a very difficult pregnancy, so went through challenges of uh, high-risk pregnancy and lots of doctor appointments. And uh, as you know, that that caused um, a lot of stress on my wife and and mm-hmm. our kind of handling of that. We had a, a, a little two-year-old child to care for in the mix, so being able and that to, was easy, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Go, going to appointments with a child, and so there's there's a, a lot of complications that that came up in that situation, and uh, I felt the need to. Uh, as a husband, kind of in line with, with my values, make sure I was sacrificing in the right ways for, for my wife. Right. And so honoring my employee-employer relationship, that's, that's another value. But those two hmm. come into conflict sometimes, it feels like, of, of how, do I, how do I find the right line there? And so I found a good um, kind of mentoring role in, in you of, of someone I could go to and say, you know, here's, here's the situation, how, you know, how do I handle this rights in some ways? Uh, but, but you respected what I needed to do as mm-hmm. well. And so, um, I'm a, I'm a pretty deferential person. I think I'll, I'll follow the model of the organization and figure out if I That's can, That's true, by the way, <laughs> figure out if I can fit into it. So mm-hmm. there's some responsibility of, of me to not go outside the bounds of, of the, you know, kind of the expectations. And so our, our, uh, leadership of our company has always put, taking care of family as a high value. So mm-hmm. there was a place for me to say, here's a, here's a need and here I, is, here's how I'm trying to respond to that need. Okay. So this is your second child, your first child, almost the same circumstances, difficult pregnancy. Yeah. You got in a motorcycle accident. How, 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 how many <laughs> days before the birth uh, of your three days okay. before almost run over by a truck? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Just prior to having a premature birth of your daughter. So it was yeah. like kind of crazy. Was there more stress in that situation being that it was unknown? The second time this mm. this year, you have some context for what you need and what your wife needs. That first time, yeah. do you remember what you how you felt about that? Yeah, a first child is a uniquely kind of <laughs> life-changing experience. Um, so aside from the motorcycle accident, just uh, having, having a, a preemie of a four weeks early, uh, baby in the NICU for two weeks, you know, that, mm-hmm. that was just more disruptive than a, a normal pregnancy and, and a, a normal birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for any, any new parent, like just figuring that out and making sure you 
care for one another and care for the new child well, mm-hmm. kind of getting your legs under you, um, that's a time where I think uh, it's an opportunity for a, a company and manager to step up and team members and mm-hmm. and uh, and really help somebody do that well rather mm-hmm. than making sacrifices in the wrong places and mm-hmm. incurring debts in the family side that, you know, really sure. are a lot harder to, <laughs> to repair. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Did you... How did you feel about the way the team responded to that, to your absence? It was, it was incredible. Um, I mean, I, I can remember this, this most recent pregnancy even better. Uh, mm-hmm. I was basically shut out from <laughs> company activity. I was, I was told intentionally that, <laughs> by those of us who know that you're a responsible yes, in guy a very, in a very caring way told like, we're not going to respond to your messages. <laughs> you're not working right now. Uh, and that was, that was incredible that, um, that freed me of being a high responsibility person, I felt that the things that needed to be done that weren't, uh, you know, that were on my plate and weren't done, having that stress relief of, of these people are, you know, they're going to take care of it, but they also care enough about me and my family to say, you know, don't, right, <laughs> don't think about this right now. No, that's really cool. And now, Michael, your situation is a little bit different. Um, when you came into the company, you know, you were prepared to do the nine to five gig and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. but you you quickly realized that the open office that we have here wasn't necessarily all that conducive to really focused work. And the work that you do oftentimes requires some really deep thinking, some non-distracted mm-hmm. time. And and also you like the freedom of different places. Yeah. Explain to me, you know, how were you thinking about this when you came into a, a new company with new management and all that? Yeah, so the a little bit of context the company i worked at before coming here i was on a little team of three uh inside a company of like 25 um working at an ad ad agency and the the three of us the other two people on my team were remote so (laughs) i was essentially remote from my team but in the office with everybody else right so i was used to working solo no one really i mean i had friends in the office but no one was coming up to me being like hey how's this where's this project at where's that like i was really working solo Mm -hmm. so then coming to an office where there's 20 people all working together in the same and, then, room. and then 15 of them have specific questions for me about projects I'm working mm-hmm. on. I was kind of like, Oh man, I, t- <laughs> I just need some space. Um, I'm an introvert mostly in my personality. And so like being around people was a lot of fun for me, but just exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, I love hanging out with people in the office and like having like deeper relationships. But it was also like when I need to like buckle down and do like my deep work and want to really dig into something, whether that's like doing some design or writing out a new homepage or whatever it is. It's like, I need to be able to hold myself off mm-hmm. <laughs> from everybody else. And so that's something you and I talked about for a while. And what we actually went to is just at least one day a week now mm-hmm. on my best weeks, <laughs> I get myself out of the office and I work either from home uh, and I've got a good setup to work from home with mm-hmm. like external monitor and like a desk and like a dedicated space to work. Mm-hmm. with faster internet than you guys have. Yeah, so, thanks. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm for sure not uh, dogging it when it comes to like a work environment. Like I right. know I can work well from home. Mm-hmm. Coffee shops, it's like that's the big dance. It's like, okay, well, if someone wants to work remote, you're like, okay, well, you're going to work from a coffee shop. Uh, I just had one of my direct reports this week ask me like, hey, I'm going to be out for the afternoon, I ha- but I have this call. Do you think I could take that from this coffee shop in town? I was like, honestly, no. Mm-hmm. Just because as much as we all love the environment of a coffee shop in the background, I've been on so many calls where someone's working remote and you've got the grinder and then you've got the bang, bang, bang of the, of the people doing like all the different stuff back behind the espresso bar. And 
everybody hears it. Yeah. Or the other struggle is on a, I was on a phone call earlier this week and there's like a dog barking in the background and like a door opening and shutting. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot, especially if you're doing a remote meetings, there's a lot of care that has to be put into it. Um, that, that's a whole nother conversation is how to work well remote. We should talk about that. Sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, when I was, I just communicated it with you and said like, no, this is, I really want to, I need to find a way. I mean, I think you actually noticed it sooner than I did yeah. and suggested I get out of the office a little bit. Um, well, yeah. It, yeah, it was because of our one-on-ones and you, when I, when I kept asking you over and over again, where were you most productive? You kept saying, well, when I'm off site, <laughs> when I'm not here. <laughs> yeah. And actually I noticed, I noticed the same thing. And I think that's one of the things as a boss that we, we fear, right? We fear that by giving people the freedom to not be quote unquote under our thumb, mm-hmm. that somehow they're going to take advantage. And what I've seen, particularly from you two guys, but from the rest of our team as well, is actually when it's well thought out, like this is this is something I'm doing mm-hmm. intentionally for whatever reason, taking care of a child or more productivity. When that's being done that way, that it's it, we're at least as productive, if not more so. Mm-hmm. And and you know, in Michael's case, I actually dog him a little bit when he's not taking those days out of the office. It's like get out of the take your day because yeah, like just before we came in here, Chris and I started talking. I was like, no, we need to stop. We need to record this because there's other people that are going to that deal with this every day. He's like, yeah, I was wondering why you're in the office. Literally two weeks ago, you said every Thursday from now, I'm going to be out of the office. Right. Well, it's actually because like, I know I have to go pick up uh, my laptop from the shop tomorrow. Right. So I decided to come in today, but I didn't tell you that. Got it. No. Well, that makes <laughs> sense. But it makes sense that you find those places, but it's, I, you and I were just talking about this. And one of the difficulties with being a boss is, okay, you know, I, I hate policies because policies usually make policy breakers or they make exceptions. And so, you know, mm-hmm. and then the people that don't get exceptions are like, well, he gave an ex- exception to Matt. Why didn't he give an exception to me? Right. Yeah. So you have this, the, you have this dichotomy of, okay, either I'm going to set this thing, like we're going to show up eight to five. You know, if you show up two minutes later than eight, you get a demerit. If you leave before five, you get a demerit. You feel bad or you get shamed. Yeah. We oh. won't say anything, but you're getting that demerit. Right. That's yeah. right. That's exact. Then that's worse. Right. If yeah. you wrote it on the wall, at least you'd know. But the other thing then is you say, okay, you also don't want to stand up and say, Hey, work wherever you want, whenever you want, do whatever. Unless the whole office is, is set up to do it that way, to be productive. You gave mm-hmm. a great example of what you've done is you've actually created a de- dedicated workspace with sadly, better, you know, better, uh, better, uh, internet, internet than we have here, but you've set up a place where you go and you go to work. Yeah. And I worked remotely when I first came into this company for about three and a half months. And I did the same thing. Walked in, my, my wife was, she said, I'm amazed you could do this. I would get, take a shower, get dressed, walk into my office, close the door, sit there and do work from eight until five. Mm-hmm. I just, that's what I did because I had to have that discipline or I wasn't going to get it done. Yeah, that's key. So, man, what would you like to see from someone that is working for you, your boss? Uh, they would like to work remotely. They'd like to do some things a little bit differently. What would you want to see from them that would give you the, the trust that they could pull this off and be productive? Yeah, I've, uh, I haven't managed a team before, but I've uh, worked in different scenarios for, for a few different managers. And um, I think... I think every employee is a little bit different in the level of, of trust and, and how, how closely people uh, kind of need to be managed and how, how well they, they do it self-managing. So there's some assessment I would give there to uh, kind of how, how much does this person need from me to motivate themselves or to stay focused on the right things. 
Um, but then I, I think I would give them kind of enough opportunity to to succeed on their own or or, or struggle and and be honest about uh, you know we're going to see how this goes and and uh, and put some systems in place. So there, it could be a, a time tracking. People just that know they need to give an accounting for <laughs> for where their time goes can use that more wisely in some cases. Um, in others, it might just be really clear deliverables of. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really important that these things are done by this time. And if they get it done, uh, you know, I worry less about how they spent the time. Yeah, let me ask you a question about that. I'm going to put you on the spot. So um, Jim comes in, he sits down, he says, okay, this is the arrangement I'd like to see happen. What questions are you going to ask to find out how much direction he needs, how much, uh, how much supervision he needs? What are the kind of things that you would want to ask? I, I know I'm just throwing this at you. You've never yeah. done this. But what are the questions you would ask that would give you the trust that okay, this is something that could work out? Hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's um, that's a good question. I'm I'm not sure where I would where I would uh, start with that. If I didn't have past experience to draw from, uh, I think I would I would try to feel out what what the story has been, and and you know mm-hmm. if I feel like they're uh, comfortable enough to be honest, <laughs> I might need to. Uh, build some of that vulnerability uh, just being honest myself with times I've struggled so that the bar isn't with you know perfection and every day the most productive day right, right. but but try to draw out you know where where's some self-reflection in them to to be honest about where they struggle and, and what's what's difficult and where I could help them um, but that that is a challenge I think sometimes um, I, I look at just how how can we how can we, we give it a, a trial and assess it? And not not try it out and and not really look closely, you know. Mm. <laughs> Just keep rolling. I think that would be the danger. Yeah, it's been my experience, and I want to get to a question for you, Michael, and along the same lines. It's been my experience that even in the office, people have different levels of comfort with input. Some people want a lot of input. They want to make sure that they're doing the right thing, and so they're they're asking me quite often, "Hey, is this the right thing? Is this what you want?" And that and that's great. There's no problem with that. But then some people are like, "Yeah, kind of just give me the general idea, and let me run with it, and I'll come with you, come back to you when I have some issues." And and you know, here in our company, we do check-ins once a week, so no one's going to get too far off off base in a week. But but it's, there's different levels of that. And of course, when you work remotely and you're not running into people at the coffee you know, at the, at the coffee bar, uh, it, it's different because you're, you're, you really have to be intentional about your communication. And so figuring out, okay, how do you best work? What are the things that are, are, are most important to you? Do you want me to, on a daily basis, ask you about particular projects? Would you prefer that I kind of sit back a little bit and then marrying that, their answer to that question with my experience with them is kind of an important piece too. Like, uh, yeah. Both of you have shown that you can do this, and you're really responsible. And you, and as as we said earlier, you find your place to do your work. And so it's not a, a free for all. It's not like, well, I've got, you know, you, you know, you have two kids. It's not like your two kids are are grabbing at your feet, wanting you to play with the uh, stackable donuts at the same time you're trying to write an important article that we that we need. I mean, this is not the way it works. But but I think for me as a boss, I need to find a way to be comfortable with the people that I'm, I'm giving this freedom to. That, that makes sense. It sounds a little weird, I know, but I, I, you know, I'm a pretty freed up guy with the people that work for me, but I still want to be comfortable. And with some people I'm less comfortable. So I probably need to figure out what questions I'm going to ask. So, yeah. And so when you're saying that part of the transition for us is we're coming from a company that's always been 
co-located. Absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you've you've worked in the organization before where you were in California, the rest of your team was in Indiana. Yeah. And then you actually decided to move cross country to not be away from your team. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it wasn't working great for that that specific set of people mm-hmm. at that specific set of that specific time. Um, one of the things that I come back around to that other people of uh, friends of mine have shared me like, oh, well, no one can work remote at the office because uh, they just don't trust that work's actually going to get done. Wow. And my response is always like, okay, so why are, are any of these people still on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why are they still hired to work? Like, why do you trust them to do work from you if you can't see their screen, but you don't trust them to work from home? Like, mm-hmm. as soon as they walk in, they could be, I mean, they've walked in and had people, you know, whatever who are bending all the rules, watching Netflix while they're in the middle of supposed to be working. Mm -hmm. But those are the people that shouldn't be allowed to work from home, but they should just not be on the team anyway. That's right. If you can't trust them to do work during work time consistently, then why would you, why would you want them to be on your team? And if I, my strong opinion on it is that, and I don't have as much track record as as you have with a bunch of different people asking to work remote. Um, I've always worked in smaller teams where you get to pick and choose who's going to be on the team. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but for, um, the couple of people that I've had that have been direct reports of mine, it's maybe there's a, like an out of town sports event that like they're participating in. I'm like, yeah, of course. Like you're flying out Thursday, work Friday. I know you're good for the work. Uh, and part of that comes through just having worked with them in the past and knowing that they're good for it. But also like, as you're saying, Matt, like setting up clear deliverables or just like, ex- um, not even not rules, but expectations to be like, okay, well, this is what I'm expecting. That's either going to happen or it's not going to. And if it's if it doesn't, or if it's like, well, it's kind of in the middle, then then you can make the judgment call of what's actually going on. But I would I would side much more on like the route of uh, give them a, give them a chance to try it out and see. Because if I I just know in my for myself, if I don't actually trust the person to do work when I'm not around. That's the red flag for me rather than the yeah. – anyone can be coached on how do you set yourself up for success to work remote. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a different thing. Like how do you make sure that they're going to have a space to work that's going to be good for them, that's not going to be distracting. But as long as their intent is right, they can be coached on how to make remote work successful. That's a really great point. I, I think the other issue here, though, that I th- as you're talking, I'm thinking, oh, that sounds great. Yeah, let's, let's, let's make sure that we have people on the team that we trust enough to, mm-hmm. to do the work. But everybody has different work styles. And I think you and I, Michael, have been doing a dance for a while because I'm a much more relational work guy. Yeah, you know? I, don't, I don't value relationships. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you love relationships, but you, you're, you're, more, um, you're more compartmentalized in the way you, know, you, 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 know, you want time to, to work and really dive into deep work, get things done. You know, we've talked before that sometimes if you're, in, you're, if you're deep in thought and you get interrupted, it may take you a half an hour, 45 minutes to get back to the same place. Um, mm-hmm. For somebody like me, who's a little bit more like, a, uh, you know, I, I used to use this analogy of the the eagle and the the butterfly. You know, the eagle soars and doesn't flap his wings. The butterfly looks like a frenetic. You know, I'm a little bit more like the butterfly than the eagle. <laughs> I'd like to be more like the eagle, but I'm actually more like the butterfly. Um, but but I, I think because I like those touch points, I like those quick things, and, and I like those quick you know, conversations, mm-hmm. when people work remotely, it's harder for me because I feel a little bit less um, connected. Yeah. And so trying to figure out how to how to make that work in a work setting where, pe- where more people are working remotely. Our team is a good example. We have 
uh, contractors that don't work in our office. They're integral to our to what we're doing, mm-hmm. and it's important that we have some relationship with them. But I have to be honest, um, I don't talk with them as much as I should, just because I don't run into them when I'm when I'm walking out into the lunchroom. Yeah, totally. So it's a it's a it's an interesting dynamic, and I think kind of navigating it as a as a manager, deciding who you are, and then saying okay. Matt, you know, you want to be, you know, you want to take uh, two weeks and do your work in, you know, Des Moines. Now, I don't know why you want to go to Des Moines, but let's say that you do. And, and for me to think, okay, well, what would be my expectations of our relationship in those two weeks? I think as a manager, I need to think about that mm-hmm. because I don't want to be miserable for two weeks because I can't talk with you. On the other hand, you know, because I don't see you, I don't know when you're in that deep place of work. And so I shouldn't necessarily expect that the second I hit you with a Slack message that you, you fire right back to me. And, and, and that's, that's the dance, right? Yeah, totally. That's, um, so the other side of this, cause this is coming at it from the perspective of a company where everyone has always been in the office, like I said earlier, and now everyone is, who's full-time employee is here in the twin cities, mm-hmm. but we have, contractors in different parts of the United States, different time zones. We've gotten more comfortable about working with people in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but we still don't have anybody on staff right now or on the team full-time that isn't located here. Um, so when we're... I lost my train of thought. Where was I going with? It's nice to be able to edit. What were you saying just before that? Um just the 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 cadence of relationship for for a manager having to kind of navigate what oh, do I need okay, I so it. I don't interrupt you so we don't have anybody on the team right now that's um, not located here in the twin cities but one of the things that like we have to think about as a company too and I know that we already have thought about it more is okay well if there's people who want more flexibility getting back to like what we were starting our conversation with um, they can get it somewhere else and so then we have to decide as a company, like, okay, well, are we going to flex and like do the work to try to make that work in our company so that we can have the right people? Because let's let's say Matt is like, you know, I, I really want to be able to uh, work six months from the year uh, from my family's place in Florida because uh, I hate winter. <laughs> and I would say, sign me up, Matt. I'm coming too. <laughs> um, but... Uh, but if he says, if he finds out, like, that's never going to be an option, but that's mm-hmm. a thing he, like, really want, you really want, and you know that that's available to you if work would allow it, there's a good chance you could go find somewhere else to work or decide to go find somewhere else to work because of the inflexibility of, of, a, of, of a company. And I'm not saying that's, like, that's for everybody. It's, you mm-hmm. made a comment the other day about um, the company can often run best where the where the owner, where the boss works best. Mm-hmm. And if for some people, that's like, if it was me, I'd probably be starting a fully remote company. I'd mm-hmm. be super happy with that. Mm-hmm. And for you, you would never join a fully remote company because no, wouldn't, no. it would just be isolating for you. Yeah. But it's just the interesting dilemma of, okay, well, we have decisions to make and that will either draw people to us or push some people away. And it's actually, no matter what you decide, it's going to do one or the other. <laughs> you know, you made a comment the other day to me, Michael, because we were talking about this um, in regards to a request I got along those lines. And you said, well, why don't we, why don't you just let them try it? So, so this happened to be actually Matt. And so, and I went to Matt and I said, well, yeah, you know, Michael had a great idea. Why don't you, uh, while you're in the Twin Cities, why don't you take a week 
and go out to another place and work in another place and see what works, what doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a trial run to find out what are the what are the bottlenecks, what are the things that are going to be unsatisfying for people you're working with or with me, and what are the things that are going to be really great. And I think being able to do some dry runs is now, now I'm right now I'm speaking not from experience. This is all theoretical. Yeah, this is totally theoretical. It right is. Now. But I loved I loved that suggestion by you because I felt mm-hmm. like it was like, yeah, you know, why not try it when it's low risk? So um, if Matt is, you know, Matt's uh, family lives in town. If he's if he goes away from his home, goes to one of his family members' houses and works from there, and a crisis happens, I can call him and say, drive a half an hour in here because I need you. But it gives me the opportunity to find out, well, what are those things that are crucial? And maybe the things that I think are important to me aren't as important. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we can come up with some workarounds that make it, as a, for me as a manager, it makes it more palatable to me. Like, okay, yeah, I, I yeah. didn't think I was going to like this, but we actually made it work because we found some workarounds. That's something I think is an important important idea. Mm-hmm. And, and when you well, were talking about it originally, you were saying, well, the risk is, you know, I, um, let's say that, like say Matt, yep, go ahead and do that. Um, but then I get ten requests the next week. Everybody wants to go do the same thing, but I'm not. I'm not comfortable with everybody. I not everyone has worked remote or something like that. Right. Like, what do I do? Because now I've just essentially said this is an okay thing for everyone to do. Um, if you're in a if you're a in a company where generally nobody works remote and people are starting to ask you more, because I'm sure more and more people are starting to ask about the day the day to work from home or something like that, because. Um, whatever, kid's sick, but I can still get my work done. Um, being able to say, okay, well, that's fine. Yeah, we do allow that, but we ramp up to it. And here's how we actually like let people do it. You start by one day from home, and we see how that goes, and we set some expectations ahead of time. Here's what it's going to look like. And then after that, you do that a little bit. Then you can say, okay, well, now let's, let's ramp up to three days. If someone's trying to make a push for doing a longer time being out mm-hmm. of the office, working from wherever they may be, um, and so, but you can do it all co-located even still, but you just simulate the distance. So right. like Matt working across town, it's like, okay, well you, the plan is for you to be, uh, in you, it would be in Florida with your family at a family member's house. Okay. Well you can do that here. Cause you have all of those things here. It's like, okay, you're going to take your family. You're going to go to your mom's. You're going to live there for a week with your kids, with the fun, all the atmosphere of the lake and the fun distractions that are there, but you can't come into the office. You can, you just can't come to the office. You can do everything else. You just can't come into the office mm-hmm. to see when it gets painful before, so you can simulate right. it before it actually gets uh, too far down the road. And that's the, 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 the risk for me as a manager is, as you said, I like to have people around. I enjoy the relationship. I enjoy the, the touchy-feely. And you, we could come up with all the systems where individuals do really well. But if I start not doing well as a manager, that's a problem too. It's like, okay, and then, so then I'm left with a, a tough decision to say, well, I know that, uh, Michael, I know that you'd like to move to Maui for, you know, six months, and but it's the same time that Matt is moving to uh, Florida for six months, and Kyle is moving to Boston for six months, and Jeremy, and I'm left sitting here by myself in the office. That's probably not all that healthy either, because as you said, oftentimes the, you know, where the where the boss can thrive, that's an that's a an important place for the company to at least con- something for the company to consider. Mm-hmm. So I'm tr- I'm living in that world of okay, let's play this out, let's really play it out, and let's say, are we willing to become a completely remote company? Because as soon as you, as soon as you you, you open the door, mm-hmm. you you've got to at least consider the option that this is the way it's going to go. 
Yeah, and it's it's really interesting because it's there's the two sides then. It's like okay, well, whose whose opinion carries more weight? Mm-hmm. Who do you who do you cater to more? The the manager of the team who needs to be able to effectively manage or lead a mm-hmm. department or or right. a full branch or whatever you know if there's different offices located around a company, or to the team members that you want to keep on the team that you don't want to lose because they're the right people. They're just wanting more flexibility. And that's like that's the magic a big deal. dance. It is. And you know, here and here's the here's the the ugly honest comment, okay? Yeah. Not everybody is the same. Even yeah. people that I would hire to work here and I'm completely happy with working here. Mm-hmm. Now this this probably isn't true of our team now because we're we've really drilled down to a core team of people that, you know, I'm I'm I'd be willing to give flexibility to. I don't want to lose any of them because <laughs> yeah. they're just great. But but I've been on teams before where there I would look at a, an employee and say they're really crucial to our mission. But if they pushed me a little bit too far towards some things that made me uncomfortable, I would think, are they really crucial to our mission or is their role crucial to, crucial to our mission? In other words, can I find somebody else to do the same role mm-hmm. that can meet some criteria for me that make me feel more comfortable? And that's the kind of the dirty little secret in all this, right? It's like they're, you know, okay, you know, if Michael pushes me a certain amount, I might go, I, I, Mike, Michael's worth that and Matt's worth that. But if if Joe says the same thing to me and I go, well, I can hire another Joe and 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 yeah. so I'm going to let Joe Joe go. That That's that's a hard one. Or you're just going to let Joe know, hey, that's not an option here. It's not right. going to be an option for you here. Right. Uh, you can decide what you want to do with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And uh, so those are the complicated, those are complicated issues. And, and I think we're navigating it from a historical background of every single person who works for this company sits in this office from eight o'clock to five. Mm-hmm. Except we have had, we had an experience where there was a guy who was working here and then his wife was in med school and doing rotations in different places. Right. And it ended up long-term, um, he ended up leaving the company, but it was, it's partially just so he could live and work in the city where he was living. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but also, we didn't do a great job as a company setting him up for success. Like no. he, had a, he had a workspace that he could go to that wasn't his home to have that definition of space uh, for all or some of the time. I, I always hear it towards the end of his time here. But also, uh, Matt, you could probably speak more to it. Um, but in meetings, he was always the one person on the other end of the phone call. No video in the room. Mm-hmm. You're the alienated person on the other end. And we've changed a lot about how we do that, even with talking to customers on the phone. Like we're doing a video call as often as possible. If three of us are on the on a call, we'll go to three separate rooms. So each person joining the meeting is their own head, their own voice on the screen, not like the the room of four against the one person on the other end. Mm. Um, and I learned that from a company that's fully remote. They've they felt that pain when they're trying to have meetings with each other, so they stopped doing that to their clients. They said, well, it probably feels just as bad to them be the one person talking to the room uh, but we didn't do a great job in in hindsight you know of, of trying to make that work as well as we could and, and the team he was working on did as much as they could to make it work well but in hindsight like we could do we would we wouldn't want to do it the same way today we would want to cater more to how do we make this feel like you're a full-fledged part of the team by um, sacrificing on the office side to help make the remote person feel more included Let's and let's 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 be honest. This is reality now. Yeah. The, the the environment that I grew up in was not reality, and partly because we didn't have the technology to make it a reality. Now we do. I mean, I, I've had meetings with both of you guys on FaceTime or on Slack video or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, is it optimal for me? No. Is it 
Is it terrible for me? No. I mean, it, it's 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 not the greatest, but it, if if a hundred percent is you and I sitting across the table having coffee together, then uh, you know, go to meeting or a or a. a, a Zoom, FaceTime, whatever, whatever is, uh, that's like, okay, 85%. It's not 100%, but it's not 30%. Mm-hmm. Um, like, and I've been on a lot of, back in the day, I worked with a leadership team that was completely based in Florida. I was the one guy. And so I'd be on the, and we didn't have video. Mm-hmm. We have these, these conference calls. And I remember giving a presentation, and it was an important presentation. And I was, I was talking, and I was getting no feedback. Obviously, I was yeah. I wasn't hearing anything on the phone. I wasn't seeing a video. They were probably on mute. They were on mute, and I was going faster and faster and faster. And one of my friends literally texted me in the middle of my presentation, said, "Slow down." <laughs> and I, I just kind of went because I wasn't getting the kind of feedback. But but that's not the way it is now. Yeah. And so I think if you if you set yourself up for being successful in, in a remote setting, and you know what the bottlenecks are, yeah, I, I love the testing piece because you want to know what the bottlenecks are, what the what the risks are. But if you can mitigate those risks and you can actually set up systems that help you, then you give then you get the best of both worlds. People are happier because they're getting an opportunity to do things they like to do in the way they'd like to do them. Mm-hmm. But me as the manager, I'm also getting enough FaceTime or um, Feedback. I'm give, giving feedback to them in a way that is useful for them and for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, when I think about making uh, making remote work, uh, I'm a pretty relational person as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I would miss the interaction and conversations with people. I wouldn't want my work relationships to just be on Slack anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I, I would, in that experiment, see how often can I get on a a uh, Slack video chat or something other than just a, if it's not a quick communication, look for opportunities to have face to face and then see how that feels. You know, how, how deficient is that over a week? Do I still feel connected or not? Uh, and then being intentional about, all right, how often do I actually have a, just a side conversation that helps me be connected relationally with people? Um, it's not every day, but maybe every two or three days, you and I will chat about yeah. what's going on or or something will come up and we'll have a, a conversation that's more than just a, a quick answer question type yeah, thing. Hop in the conference room and have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, could I be intentional about making those happen and making sure that it's not, you know, a whole week without without a few few good conversations? So that that comes to mind as as a, a strategy. I don't I wouldn't know how it would go, but that's what I would try to do to replace some of that. Uh, and then when it comes to, um, you know, companies adapting to the need, uh, it is a give and take. And there is, um, you know, I think there's some compromise involved, really. Like, it, it won't be everything the employee wants if they want six months. <laughs> it might not be that, you know, like they might, they might have to find a different company that, that can do that. Um, but I, I think you engage in that negotiation to figure out what can work and how can, how can each party flex um, a little bit or, or experiment and then be very, you know, very honest about <laughs> this yeah. did work. This didn't, you know, like we tried to do this. It didn't go that well. Um, but on an employee side, if I'm, if I'm coming into that relationship without uh, remote as a part of the deal, a part of my contract, then it's a privilege. Then it's something that isn't, isn't necessarily expected. You know, mm-hmm. the, the employer might say we can't do that. And I have to be okay with it. Um, mm-hmm. But 
I think uh, I think that privilege should be able to be earned to some level. Like if it if it can go well, to give it the opportunity to to see how it goes. So in in that sense of privilege, um, testing it out and then uh, evaluating the results together and and you know that, that privilege I think can be brought back if it doesn't go well. Hmm. And I I feel like that's fair. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. The, the point you brought up, like, you know, if you didn't come to the company or organization or whatever with that understanding that that's going to be a part of your working arrangement, mm-hmm. that there's a transition that's happening everywhere. <laughs> like a friend of mine that is uh, just had his first child and he works for a consulting company. So oftentimes he's working on site with clients. So at the be- from the beginning, most of their team is not just sitting in the office. Sure. They're spread around wherever they are in the the city, state, or country. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's interesting for a company like ours to how, how do we make that transition and to, to allowing it and affording it. So super practical example of this. Uh, my brother goes to school out in Virginia, plays football uh, for the college, and uh, he had two home games in a row. And I wanted to be able to, I was only able to travel out there one time just due to the cost of traveling out there and stuff. But I found out I could, if I could work remote for the week, I could see two of his games mm-hmm. in, his, in his first season. And so we talked about it. We made it work. Yeah. And like I, but what I demonstrated to you is like, here's how I'm going to make sure I can work productively in that time because it's a city I'd never been to. Fortunately, it's a massive college campus. So I was like, there's going to be Wi-Fi, <laughs> lots of Wi-Fi. Yeah. <laughs> and lots of power outlets, you know, and the, the wild card was, you know, having a good place to have a phone call. Um, but we tried it out. i I think it went pretty well. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it did too. And part of that, was, though, was you prepared really well. Like you had thought through a lot of the issues. Like these mm. are the things that that could potentially go wrong, which is that's what you have to think about, you yeah. know. Um, and I think you did a really good job of that, and it worked well. I think you're right, though. The the, the horse has left the barn. Okay, this is this is uh, 2019 when we're recording this this podcast, mm-hmm. and this is the way people are going to work. And the companies, the big companies that can say, no, you're going to sit at your desk all day long, okay, they can get away with that. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But in the long run, you know, and but 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 you know, Blockbuster Video also thought that they could get away with renting DVDs from a brick and mortar store and yeah. not get involved in streaming. And now they're 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 the dodo bird, they're gone. And I think the same thing is true of of companies now. We have to look at this and say, what's reasonable with people that we we trust. What's reasonable for us to expect from them mm-hmm. if they have life circumstances that want to take them or need to take them to a different place? And for me to like bury my head in the sand like an ostrich and say, well, it's not happening and I want everybody sitting here is not an option now. Mm-hmm. It's not an option. And I think um, I'm having to I'm having to to deal with my own angst about it, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. I mean, yeah. you guys ask me questions. I'm like, oh, man, it feels bad to me because I just like being around you guys, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I realize that that life is bigger than that. And if if we can find a way, in, in your words, Matt, to compromise, mm-hmm. then perhaps we can find a, a middle ground that will give me what I need as a manager and give you guys what you need to, to kind of have a, a life mm-hmm. that feels fulfilling and meaningful to you while completing yeah. important work. And not even just mu- so much you as a manager, because like I'm managing a couple of people right, right. now too. Right. It's, it's you for how you like to man- like have your relationships. Right. And you like to have, like so many people... Much more of like the in-person yeah, connection, proximity. Yeah. proximity, like being able to see the person and look them in the eye and have a conversation. And 
I value that too, just at a different different degree and at sure. a different level. And so, um, so Chris, as you're to kind of wrap this one up, when you're thinking about companies that are trying to small, even small teams, let's talk about that. Small teams that are trying to make the transition because they've got people starting to ask about, hey, can I work from home from this? I got an appointment later this evening. I need to make it to things like that or the the family obligation that's coming up. Like, how would how would you recommend that a manager who's not sure how to deal with this would start? I think um, asking the employee what their plan is for for this period of time. If it's an afternoon, I don't usually worry about that. I can tell over time if somebody's being productive, if, if they've got several things. We've got some people that have regular appointments, whether it's PT, they've been in a car accident or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they have this PT thing that has to go on every week, and I can tell whether or not work just stops in that time period. If it is, I would address it and say, is there another way for us to do this, or mm-hmm. how do we make up some of that time? Um, but, I, but I think... Uh, being asking myself the honest question. If if I'm uncomfortable, the first thing I want to do is ask myself the honest question: Why am I uncomfortable? Yeah. I, is it my just because of my preference? And you you point out my preference is proximity. You know, mm-hmm. you, you talk about love languages. Mine is quality time. I like to sit down with people. I like to talk about stuff with a cup of Joe, and and rap about life. That's that's what I what I like. Um, mm-hmm. Not everybody's like me, and so I have to kind of be okay with that. So ask myself the question, why am I uncomfortable? Because it doesn't fit my, um, my relational style or because it won't fit our business. Now, there are some businesses, I'm sure, that will be listening to this and they'll say, you know, we can't do that. We need to have regular proximity. And that's okay. But to be honest, if I'm honest with myself and our company, it's probably not the most important thing. So then I have to deal with my own stuff. Second thing is, okay, you say you want to do this. Um, what are you willing to do to, to prepare for the time? And what are you willing to do to kind of assuage some of my angst? Yeah. And let me be honest with you. This is the, I mean, Matt and I had this conversation, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago. We're talking about stuff, and, and I said, here's, here's what I, you know, you know, he made a request. I'm like, well, here's what kind of scares me, right? We, we yeah. had that. And, and it was a real honest conversation. And we didn't walk away with, oh, yeah, we're going to do it or we're not going to do it. It was just like, well, let's talk about it some more, which is how we ended up, you and I ended up talking about it because you've had those requests in the past. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but I think there needs to be some preparation. And you were totally willing to do it, to, mm-hmm. to, to think about it and talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say uh, from my perspective, if you're... Uh, if you're asking for that that privilege, that's a, a new a new benefit to be able to work remote for you know more than an afternoon for you mm-hmm. know multiple days. Um, I think part of that compromise is the employee being willing to do things that aren't their normal expectation. So I'm you know I don't I don't send you my list of to dos for the day, but we did that at one point for a while. It's yeah. like here's the daily stuff stuff I'm going to get done. I'd be willing to do that if I was remote and that took away some anxiety mm-hmm. or, or the, you know, let's make a regular face to face conversation happen at this, this time every day, just, just so we stay connected and you mm-hmm. don't feel like I'm <laughs> a name floating in slack yeah. in the distance and hopefully working, you know, that's, uh, or a name floating in the Atlantic ocean <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, on an inner tube. Exactly. With so a tie. No, that, that type of, um, you know, here's, here's what I need from you. That, that feels so much better as an employee of like, all right, I, I can do this. Or, you know, like, I don't know if I can, <laughs> I can do this. But, but I would say there's, you know, there's really nothing that I would say no to in order to make it happen. And that's part of the, 
part of that that compromise of what are how am I willing to adapt to to meet your needs or to meet other team members' needs? You know, maybe a developer really needs me to sit down next to them. Well, how do I how do I make that happen in a way that works for them? Oh, that's great. I think the last piece on it too is a question about what is your communication like before this happens? Right. If you're not really talking about it and then someone's saying, yeah, you know, I'd really like to work remote next week. My spouse is going out of town for work, but I can travel with them, but I'd like to work remote just so I can still go. It's another thing that's happened before. Like, I think I've made that request, um, which we did, but it, at the time, like you and I would talk casually throughout the day and things like that, kind of like, hey, what's the latest on this? What's the latest on that? But now that we have consistent one-on-ones every week where we're talking through like, hey, what's the high points of the week? What are the things that, like I need from you? What are the things that you need from me? We already have that like cadence of like, at least in our case, we're doing it on a weekly. Mm-hmm. Like you said, nothing's getting too far off the rails. Um, and so I think that's something that we've done that would make this more comfortable where if you were facing this like, you know, three years ago, you wouldn't know what to do or, right. or, or not you would not that you wouldn't know what to do. You wouldn't know how to necessarily respond to it. You'd be like, well, don't really have enough data on this to know if this is going to go well or not. Um, You're right. I mean, to be honest with you, three years ago, it would have been frightening to me. Though these requests would have been frightening. And I will say that the one-on-ones we have have made that, made that, the thought way more palatable, <laughs> palatable to me because I'm like, well, yeah, I've got, I've got appointments with these guys. I know what's going on in their life. We're not spinning too far out of the, out of, uh, out of the universe. But I, but I think the other piece, you know, you mentioned a, 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 just a recent situation in our company where somebody's wife was traveling for business and he went along with her thinking that he could do certain things for work. Turned out that he couldn't do everything that he wanted to do, but I trusted him that he would find a way to get his deliverables done, and he found a way to get them done. Mm-hmm. Now, in his case, it was staying up until 3 o'clock in the morning to get some of this stuff done. But what that did for me, that engendered a whole lot more trust the next time he asked that question because he found a way to do it. Yeah, way to make it happen. You didn't say, you got to stay up and figure this stuff out. Yeah. He took it upon himself because the, cir- the circumstances didn't a- afford him to get the work done when he was expecting, but he took on the personal responsibility to still get it done even though you didn't come down exactly. with the, the iron fist or anything like that. And so, yeah, to your point, you have, you have more built up trust next time to be like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not as concerned next time because you've, you've shown your track record for yeah. being able to do it. Yeah, and this gets back to th- stuff we talk about in all of our podcasts. Managers and employees need to trust each other, and that comes from having a relationship. And if you don't trust your people, you're not going to let them work remotely And to your point, Michael, if you don't trust your people, probably shouldn't be working for you anyway. Thanks for joining us on Let's Talk Teams. If you have any feedback for us, check the show notes and pop us an email. We'd love to hear from you.